Are Greg and Maya professional reviewers? Absolutely not. Like amateurs at best, but it's okay because they're funny, smart, and kind of adorable. Bless their hearts. So sit back, relax, and tune into this week's episode of All Cued Up. Hello guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome to All Queued Up, the review podcast about streaming service shows. On today's show, we're going to be talking about the uh, beginning of Season 2 Halo, which is Episode 1 and 2. Uh, show's back, so we can talk about it. Our discussion topics should be fairly obvious. We're going to talk about more wrestling stuff, because quite a bit happened since the last we talked. And uh, uh, Super Bowl stuff. Stuff surrounding the Super Bowl. The game itself, the commercials, yada, yada, yada. Um, so, uh, but first, I'm Greg. That's Maya. Maya, how's your week been? Uh, not horrible. You know, got some hobby stuff. Um, got uh, been working on making some custom bases uh, for my Dungeons and Dragons cartoon character miniatures that I got from Etsy a few months ago. Uh, got found some. Uh, Bases from this company called Epic Basing. Uh, they have they just sell little bags of 3D resin printed bits, um, resin 3D printed bits rather. And for like bags of like 35 bits, you can get for like 750 uh, per bag. So I got like. You know, a bag of 10 trees and then like bags of 35 little spires of rock formations and what they call demon stone for landscaping, which is pretty wicked. Uh, scrolls and maps and books. Uh, got those. So I've been making some custom bases uh, this week. Got several ready to go got two that need to be primed and i've got five that are primed uh got plans you know to put uh the one dungeon master is on is already ready but yeah i got plans for the seven bases gonna actually do a pool of resin on one of them so that'll be fun because i got some uv cure resin which cures under UV light in like 60 seconds. <clears throat> got that. Got a mystery box of uh, miniature stuff from a company called Spiky Bits. And got my first resin kit and I put it together and looks pretty awesome as I showed you a few minutes ago. I got a painting handle and just been doing some hobby stuff, you know. Um, watch the Super Bowl. We'll get to that in a little uh, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know you're not happy with the outcome. No, we'll, we'll get to it though. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, just that's pretty much been my week. Uh, hobby stuff and a little bit of gaming and. Watching wrestling and the Super Bowl. How's your? How are you? How was your week? 
Um, other than also wrestling stuff and Super Bowl, which again, part of our discussion. Um, I watched uh, two shows. So there was a show that was like extremely popular, or I keep seeing a lot of people talk about it, and it just came to to Amazon, and it's called uh, um, Has Been Hotel. And I was like, I like the animation style, like I like how it looks, but I don't know anything about it. So I did some research, and it was created by a woman. Uh, her username is Vivzy Pops. Her real name is like Vivian Madano or something like that. And I was like, I started thinking to myself, like, this animation looks very similar to something else that I've heard of. So I did, I, I, I did a little digging. It was like she created this and. Uh, Hasman Hotel and um, Hell of a Boss. And I was like, oh shit, Hell of a Boss. I had heard about it for years, but I had never checked it out. So I was like, well, Hell of a Boss has got to be older. So I'll check out Hell of a Boss and then I'll watch Hasman Hotel since I, the, the, you know, the thing I read was like they're in the same universe. Do they have a crossover? I don't fucking know. We'll see. Um, so uh, I, I watched like the first two episodes of Hell of a Boss and I was like, this is definitely my jam. It is fucking hilarious. Um, I love the premise. Like, in this version of Hell, uh, when you die, you don't just... um, You aren't you in Hell or in Heaven. If you go to Heaven, you become an angel. If you go to Hell, you become a demon slash imp. Um, That's how that works. Your soul changes. And... uh, um, but because of the way that it's structured, there's hell-born people or, or, or heaven-born people. And, um, but we focus on hell in the show. We don't ever talk about heaven per se, not until, uh, a husband hotel talks about heaven quite a bit, but hell of a boss doesn't. The show hell of a boss, to, uh, it's, it's, um, four characters who are all hell-bound or hell-born, sorry, hell-born, um, and uh, they create a business. Well, the main character, Blitz, he creates a business uh, called uh, Imp, or Immediate Murder Professionals. And they have a book given to them by Goetia. Uh, Goetias are basically like the major demons that kind of control a certain thing. Um, but uh, the particular Goetia that he has the book from is a uh, is the uh, Demon of the Night. Um. And, uh, so Blitz, um, Moxie, uh, Millie and, uh, their hellhound, um, Luna, short for lunatic. Um, and the hell, the the thing about the hellhounds in this show, by the way, is they are humanoid sort of like they walk upright, they wear clothes, but they are like, they're basically furries. You know, think of a furry. But make it demonic. It's the best way I can put it. Um, and uh, the four of them are part of the business. And throughout the entire show, like the first season is more about establishing characters and more about like letting you know who's who uh, with hilarious fucking situations. Like one of my favorite things or one of the funniest things to me was uh, um, uh, there was a situation where Blitz ran into his ex who also happened to be a pop star at that time. Very, like, Scott Pilgrimish was funny. Um, you could see the inspiration on that. But he sees her and he was like, uh, 
Oh, did you run out of cocks on the on the on the lower rings or something like that? They were like run out of cocks to suck. And then uh, she's like, "Strange, I didn't hear an Amber Alert, so I didn't know you were around." Like insults like that fly through this fucking show. It's so fucking funny. Um. Uh. Also, the guy that plays Moxie is um David Horowitz, who most famously voiced uh Zim from Invader Zim and Billy from Billy and Mandy. Okay. I don't know if you watched either of those shows, but... I watched a little bit of the first season of Invader Zim. I loved Invader Zim. That show was so offbeat. I was like, this is great. Billy and Mandy, not so much. But I know people that loved it. But anyway, so... But yeah, it was... uh, It really caught me. And then season two, they're like, since you know all the characters, we're going to throw you for a loop. And now we're going to start building relationships. And giving you background to these characters and where they came from. And I was like, and I got like hardcore invested in some of these characters to where like I was teary eyed at some of the stories of these hilariously like very fucking horny uh, demons. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a really fun show. I, I do recommend it. Um, but when I finished that, I was like, okay, I'm going to watch Hasbun Hotel. But I expected Hasbun Hotel to be very similar to Hell of a Boss in that it's created by the same person. Well, it's not not the same, but it is different. And I'll explain in a second. So I was trying to get my brother to watch it, and I'm explaining Hell of a Boss. And I'm like, yeah, it has musical numbers, but it's not a musical. It's far from a musical. And he's like, okay, and what about Hasbun Hotel? I was like, I don't know. There might be a song, an episode. I know that I've seen clips of a music part. But I can't, I don't know for sure. And he was like, okay, let me know. That show is a full-on fucking musical. Like, every episode has like two to three songs. And there's eight episodes in the whole season. And I love musicals, so I was all about it. I was in it to win it. But um, there was a lot of people that were like, well, there's people that in my life that I know that are like, "Mm, musical, nope, not interested. Because, like, the difference between the song, the numbers that are in Hell of a Boss versus um, Hasbun Hotel are, like, if you have musical numbers in your show, but it makes sense of the context of what's going on, like, Millie and Moxie are married in Hell of a Boss. And there's an episode where they go to a club, and Moxie gets to go on stage and sing a song to Millie. Well, the song is in context to what's going on, you know, where, like, a musical, they'll just break out in song to emphasize emotion. Uh, at least, more or less, that's that's what the difference is. Um, or like the the uh, one of the characters is singing to his daughter because she she had a bad dream, right? He's he's singing a lullaby, and it turns into a full song. Um, yeah. That's not so much what happens in Hasbun Hotel, whereas Hasbun Hotel, they're like, you know. Uh, uh, I'll tell you the plot of that in a minute, but Lucifer is in it. And so Lucifer and, and Charlie, his daughter, Charlotte, her long name, um, uh, they're having a, a really nice moment together that becomes a song, you know? But, um, so depending on what you're into, that's why I'm telling you this. Cause I know that some people can't handle musicals or whatever, but, um, the plot of has been hotel is that, um, which you can watch the pilot on her YouTube channel, 
And what's really funny is that pilot, like where that episode ends, episode one of the show on on, on uh, Prime begins. So it's almost worth watching the pilot. You don't have to. You can pick up everything watching just episode one, but um, because uh, all of Hell of a Boss is on a YouTube channel that got straight funded by uh, crowdfunding and Patreon. So there's like it's, it's. I thought that was really fucking cool. But um, anyway, Hell of a Boss plot. Jesus Christ. Uh, Charlie Morningstar, the daughter of the devil, wants to create a hotel because. Um, she wants to re- rehabilitate rehabilitate demons to be able to go to heaven, and the reason she wants to do this is that there is a um, there's something that happens uh, every uh, um, sorry, there's something that happens every every year in hell where de- or angels or execution executioner angels 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 descend from heaven to uh, uh, kill all the demons. As I'm sure you can imagine with regular humans, there are way more people that go to hell than that go to heaven. Um, at least in this show, and it makes sense to me because, you know, people are fucking terrible. Uh, um, well, Charlie wants to stop these executions, or she wants to try to limit them so that way, you know, heaven doesn't have to come down and kill so many of her people. And uh, so she creates the Hasman Hotel to fix that. But there's a problem. No one takes it fucking seriously in both heaven and hell. So that's that. And she's trying to get help from, like, her dad and from Adam, the first man. But no, again, nobody's taking it seriously. So there's there's a lot there's a lot more moving parts in the show that make it really nice. Adams uh, in hell. What's that? Adams in hell. No, 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 no. Mm. He has like an office in hell that he goes to to uh, talk to um, high ranking demons. Okay. Because it's 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 treated very much like it's a business. So. Well, but, it is, and that's why organized religion needs to be taxed, but that's an argument for another day. <laughs> you can't see me doing finger guns, but I am. That's why I like the show. It's very clever in how it does that, how it utilizes both mythology and actual like Christian religion to kind of play with play on that. It's It's nice. It's nice to see somebody take Christian religion and make proper mythology storytelling out of it without it being... Like they're trying to, to pander to some crowd or whatever. It's, it's just I like it. That's it's it's definitely made. It, the show is definitely made for people like me, you know. So, um, oh my god, my fucking leg. Ow. <clears throat> um, but I really fucking like. I know you didn't. Want... Your leg hurts. Oh, you got a hurt leg. Yeah, I'm missing. You know, it's, half a you know, it's fun. Is that I like my leg can I'm hurt. Just it can hurt without it like not being there. And then like, I can like stretch it out and be like, Oh, that's so much better. That feels great. Or like if I have an itch on the bottom part of my leg, like near my calf and actually scratch it and it goes away. Yeah. <laughs> I play this game. I can fucking play it right back. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's for those of you who might be new. 
I'm missing 15 inches of my right leg. And sometimes, I, well, I always feel it. Like the nerve sensations, I still feel everything, including sometimes itches. And I can't scratch it. It sucks. <laughs> or those weird phantom cramps where my toes will completely curl underneath or curl the opposite way. Like, oh, it hurts so bad. But, uh, yeah. I was just giving Greg a hard time. Yeah, okay, well. He gave it right back. Right back. <laughs> That's uh, what we do. Yeah. It wouldn't be us if we didn't. Um, well, yeah, that's all. I just, I just, I watched that entire fucking series in like four days. Just fucking slammed it. I was like, this is great. So, if you're like me, you follow my what? Uh, that's unusual for you to watch something that quickly. Yeah, it's good. It's quality content. Like it's both funny and heartfelt. You like it's it's you don't get that very often, you know. It's either really funny and not that heartfelt because it's just trying to be funny or it's like, you know, really heartfelt and there's not an ounce of fucking comedy and I'm bored to tears. So very, very uh, completely different storytelling setting and everything, but reminiscent of Scrubs who had a musical episode in context that made sense because there was a patient that fucking, uh, had a head injury and then she could everything she heard she only heard in song so they yeah had an excuse to do the musical episode which had some awesome little numbers in it yeah i i've always been a big fan of musicals like i fucking love the idea of characters cuz to me uh, a part of like what makes something soulful is song is music and Doing that in a in a story, I I personally feel like it enhances it. It can enhance that feeling and enhance that that emotion that's trying to be uh, uh, explored. But the problem that I have is that there's so many people who just do not see it that way in any way, shape, or form. And I wish more people did because it's it's something that I'll never not love. It's something that I I think is. I just highly fucking entertaining. So I don't know. I know that, again, I know that not a lot of people see that. Well, a lot of people in my life don't see that. Obviously musicals wouldn't be a thing if there wasn't enough people that didn't, that you know, didn't enjoy it or something. But anyway, I digress. Uh, well, why don't we go ahead and talk about uh, wrestling stuff? Cause there was a bunch that fucking happened. Um, what do you want to talk about? Well, let's start with Thursday. Oh, yeah. The WrestleMania kickoff press conference, which wasn't a press conference at all. Oh, oh! before we before we get to that, folks, we've been talking about for a while that Maya and I want to do a wrestling podcast, which we're going to do. Um, we have a name. We're trying to get a little, like, simple artwork. We don't need to be spending a ton of money on it. Just, like... Simple artwork for us. Um, we're working on it. We're, we're getting it there. But uh, um, at the end of the show, if you could stay with us, we're going to have all the social media links to our websites, to our social media accounts, Jesus Christ. Um, when the first episode goes live, that's what, that's where you'll know is those. So go follow those, and uh, which are going to be listed down below. We'll get to that again later. But um, we're getting there. We're getting there. So 
look forward to our wrestling podcast soon. Anyway, continue. Sorry. Um, so Thursday night, they had a press conference from Vegas, their WrestleMania kickoff show, and it was not a press conference at all because even though members of the wrestling media and other uh, news outlets were invited for the show, none of them were granted interview access at like a post uh, premium live event uh, just like they are on Saturday nights after their after the Royal Rumble or whatever show uh, a few of the journalists you know were upset they tweeted well we're told we don't have interview access I wasted a day's worth of work and lost money on a plane ticket I'm flying back to Chicago which WWE in fairness reached out to a couple of them and refunded their plane tickets because of that. So yeah, yeah. At least that's what they said. But, uh, anyway, you know, it was eventually, it was essentially just an episode of regular WWE minus the matches, just a bunch of talking segments to set up angles. I honestly didn't expect any less from being being truthful. No, no, I didn't expect any less either. But it was, it didn't really establish anything. It left more questions than answers. The only thing that we got for sure is that The Rock turned heel and Cody is facing Roman Reigns at WrestleMania in the main event. I certainly wouldn't say that that's not anything because the the leading up to that and we talked about this last week we didn't truly know what was going to happen. We had seen No, no, that's true. Cuz we had seen uh the Rock's like promo on Pat McAfee and that was his first like dipping his foot into the waters of becoming a heel in that category like he would already you know I mean, that already planned there there was already a thing going to happen but we just didn't know. We were like you know, like, how are they going to play this out? Like, is it like, is it Rock just going to, you know, uh, carry, uh, push his weight around? Is he going to, you know, play ball? Like, what the fuck was going to happen? So prior to this, we were all very like, ooh, this is kind of iffy. But for him, and I have to give him credit. I know you aren't the biggest fan of the Rock, but I have to give him credit. Leaning hard into the bad guy boss persona. Um. To then, like, to take that, to take that angle, and and run with it, I'm I'm very happy to see. Very happy to see. For a couple you reasons, know what will, I was Go gonna ahead. say, I was gonna say, you know, it will help him even more as a heel uh, if he wants to come in as this. I'm on the board of directors. Throw my weight around. Heel character. I think they're going to. I 100% think they're going to. No, um, no. You know what I think would work and help this this direction? What's that? Well, it's Hall of Fame time. They always have the Hall of Fame ceremony on the Friday before WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. That's right. He should induct himself. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would actually be fucking awesome, dude. That Philly crowd will eat him alive. Oh, that would be awesome. I genuinely, like, because people have shown video of Hollywood Rock, which that was his heel persona back in the day. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was it was good. It was really solid. Like it was a fun heel to watch. And I want like I that would be great to see again. It would really be great to see again. Which it seems like they're going that route. I don't know. We'll see. But um, but one of the things that happened during it was like after the big event on stage, um, after everything kind of cooled down a little bit. <laughs> Fucking CM Punk being CM Punk. You don't have him as commentator on that match. I'm gonna be highly disappointed. Um A lot of people are like calling for him to host the whole event, like you know how the Miz did last year with Snoop Dogg. I mean, yeah, that would be cool too, but I I genuinely prefer I would, fucking I would, commentary. I would rather have him on commentary because he's gold on commentary. He's hilarious. Is what He's it is. always like, been gold on commentary. I mean, I get that, but I, I, I just, that's, well, he did take some shots at AEW and the Young Bucks specifically, uh, but they were so thinly veiled that unless you knew about the whole brawl out situation and the situation that happened between them, you would have thought he was just reacting in the moment. But he's like, oh, well, Cody needs to grow a spine. The Rock just smacked him right upside of the head. You know what you do when people come at you like that? You punch them in the face. (laughs) That was enjoyable because he was playing playing along with what happened. He he understood the situation and played along. My problem is, is that there's been a lot of times, and I've seen the footage, of CM Punk just coming across as like a whiny bitch. I don't know how else to put it. And it, it's always just like, I just roll my eyes at it, and I'm like, ugh, whatever. Um, that's how I've always seen him. And it's hard to change that vision. It's okay to be wrong, Greg. I'm not wrong, because there's a ton of people that feel that way. Okay. I ain't the only one. People have been wrong for years. Oh, my God. My, it's an opinion, first off. Opinions can mm-hmm. be wrong. That's not true. It is. Unless my opinion is the earth is, is flat, then no, it's not wrong. Ma'am. I'm wearing a shirt right now that says he is the best in the world. So, therefore, your opinion is wrong. I, <laughs> you know, that logic is sound, Maya. I don't think I can argue. You can't. <laughs> Absolutely can. <laughs> Anyway, um, but uh, but yeah. So so right after right after the situation on stage, and then the commentators had their bit. It 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 cut to uh, one of the uh, backstage people talking to um, Triple H, H. and he uh, he was talking about how like emotions were high and like doing the typical shit. And then the Rock shows up, and the Rock isn't even kind of on mic. It almost seems like it was an accident. Like the way that they were building it, I was like, wow, this like they're they're fucking blurring the shit out of that line. And I love it. But the rock came up and I got still angry think, and Yeah, he's like, fix this or we'll fix it. Yeah. Fix this shit now or whatever. And I'm just like I believe that was all scripted and Oh know, it was. Just Here's what I believe. Here's what I believe, Maya, for in my heart of hearts. So, 
Friday night at SmackDown when The Rock came out and Cody was like, but not at WrestleMania, they saw the backlash from that. And they were like, shit, we got we to gotta pivot. We got to pivot hard. But they waited the whole weekend because there wasn't a whole lot that happened on Monday previously to that Thursday event. And I think the days between that Monday Night Raw and that Thursday is when they kind of planned this. But they didn't plan it as hardcore as you might think. I think a lot of it, like Seth Rollins, for example, throwing the, like, I don't care if you're on the board of directors, you can't do this shit. Um, I think that was that was improv. I think that the lines that Cody said to Roman before Rocks come up was like, they talked about that the day of, like that Thursday. Um, oh, I'm sure they just did it like, you know, between them out there during this. Yeah. They had bullet points and they, you know, like make it your own. Because when they, that's what they've traditionally done with, you know, top tier talent that do promos, they give them some bullet points and say, make it your own. Right. But I don't think this was planned. I don't think this was planned like before WrestleMania or before Royal Rumble at all. I think there might have been word of the rock wanting to come back or whatever, but nothing was in, one thing was in stone. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I genuinely don't believe for a second that, because there's people that are like, no, it's been once, scripted from the start. Once Rollins, once Rollins got injured and Punk got injured, that's when everything changed. And yeah. they had to make alternate plans. And yeah. So we'll see what happens. And the biggest benefactor out of all of this has been Drew McIntyre. Oh my God. He has been killing it as a as a heel. It has been so much fun to watch him. I predict, and we both, we both predict that he's going to go on and win elimination chamber and get the match against Rollins on that one of WrestleMania. Oh yeah. That's what we both predict. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on the outcome of that match, if Drew wins, that means he's going to stick around for a while. But yeah. if he doesn't win, I don't think he's going to stick around because he's been in contract renegotiations for months now. His contract comes up. Right Are you talking about Drew? Media. Yeah. I think I think they'll renew his contract, uh, especially with, like, what I kind of think is going to happen at, at WrestleMania is uh, since Drew's going hardcore heel, um, whether Drew wins the title or not, I think he's going to resign. I think that if he loses it, he's going to resign. But he's going to—they're going to try to really fucking like drive the the asshole angle of him being a heel. Um, I just don't see him. I don't see him leaving right now, especially like they're because, dude, his shirt. That he recently did, where he was like, he it was the 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 funeral shirt next to Punk's like career, or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, his his main event slot at WrestleMania. No, no, no the shirt the shirt that he's been wearing, where it's him like kneeling down next to a grave. Yeah, it's like CM Punk's WrestleMania main event. Oh, twenty twenty four to twenty twenty four. Sorry, I thought you were talking about Drew's event. I was like, that's not a shirt. No, um, no. <laughs> uh that shirt was is still in the top three. 
it was number one for a minute there, but now it's still in the top three of top selling shirts. And um, they've had Drew on social media kind of uh, doing stuff like recently, his most recent TikTok is him wearing that shirt. And then Adam Pierce walks up and goes, I specifically told you to stop wearing that shirt. And he was like, I know. All right. You're right. I, I, I'm my bad. So he goes to take off the shell, take it off right now. So he goes to take it off and he has another one underneath it. Did a little sting situation. And uh, then he looks at Adam Pierce and just like goes off camera and then comes back, goes, ha, and then walks away. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is neat. I like this angle. I like what they're doing with him right now. It's really fun. Um, so I, I, I think they're going to renew his contract because of that. I think that people are really enjoying him as a, as a, as a fun heel, so I don't know. I don't know. I think they're gonna do his contract, personally. Oh, I mean, I'm hoping so because, I mean, AEW. As much as I enjoy the matches, they don't have anything else going for them, and their ratings are dropping on a consistent basis. They are having extreme difficulty selling tickets uh small crowds every week uh, it's just it's it's yeah. it's it's look not looking good for them no it's and, you know somebody somebody tweeted the other day they said who do you think would be a bigger uh make bigger impact on AEW Mercedes Monet, which is Sasha Banks or uh, Okada from Japan. And I was like, neither. I said until Tony Khan, either a learns how to book properly, which will never happen or B hire someone to do his booking for him, which will never happen nothing's going to improve when you have the roster that they have and nothing is improving and it's only getting worse. Like edge didn't make a difference. You know, once punk left, the difference has been bad. MJF's, you know, out hurt on the shelf. If he even comes back, I mean, I worry that he won't make a difference. Uh, It's just, you know, they have some great fucking talent there, but they don't do storylines very well. And the one storyline they did well outside of, you know, when Punk left was the MGF, MJF and Adam Cole stuff, but they fucked all that up and turned it into a big flop. Yeah. <clears throat> it's been, it's, it's so, watching them from a distance. I'm like, ooh, this is, this is not good. No, no, it's not been good. So, yeah, I don't see him leaving. I see him sticking around. Unless he went to Japan, where he would probably be a huge draw. But who knows? Yeah. Well, um, <coughs> sorry. Um, yeah, we had uh, we had Raw. Uh, two days ago, and Cody came out and kind of did this fun, fun little thing, and in, in you know playing a face to to the Rock's heel. And the funniest part of that was they showed the clip from uh, Pat McAfee's show where the Rock is talking about the Cody crybabies, 
which I, I kind of feel like they maybe could have done a better alliteration on making you know fun of the people. Well, that, they couldn't say the Cody cunts. I, I guess. <laughs> um. But yeah, it's uh. But yeah, Cody goes. Uh, he shows the clip of of the Rock talking about it. And he's like, "For every tweet, they shove a McNugget in their mouth. For every two, for every ten tweets, they shove two McNuggets up their ass." And he shows that clip, and he's just like, "So I have a question. What are we supposed to do, Pat McAfee?" Well, <laughs> almost. He, he's looking at the camera still. He's like, "What are we supposed to do with the Nuggets again?" And the audience erupts, and then he's like, "I'm just confused because like we have to, Pat, you were there." You were there, Pat. Like what? And then fucking, you can see Adam or uh, uh, Michael Cole just fucking cracking up. Almost said Adam Cole. Um, uh, Michael's cracking up, and Pat just kind of slinks in his chair. And he's like, "Just, just shove, shove, shove the, shove them up your ass." <laughs> yeah, and he was mumming it. That, that was funny. Oh, it's so fucking good. He had a great line about Bronson Reed that night too. Oh um, yeah, you were talking about talking about talking about how Bobby Lashley was trying to put him in the hurt locker which is just a full Nelson lock. Um, and he was struggling to do it. And he's like, yeah, Bronson Reed's got a lot of mass, a lot of muscle. He's like, I bet it's really difficult for him to take his shirt off and impossible to wipe his butt. It's <laughs> like, God damn. <laughs> Matt doesn't give, or Pat doesn't give a shit. He's growing on me. I love Pat. Like the dude, the dude knows how to be funny and, he was on Royal Rumble in uh, last year, and I didn't know that he was commentating on on wrestling stuff. And like I was, I was, he was fucking cracking me up. But uh, but yeah, it's just it's been a blast. Like dude, like watching all this stuff and like it's just enjoying wrestling, just enjoying it, just having a good time with it. Yeah, I like not knowing what's going on. We like, yeah, we can make predictions and we can speculate and we can theorize, but genuinely not knowing what's going to go on, what's happening, does add to the fun factor. Because for so long, it was just so boring and predictable to me. That's that Vince McMahon era, baby. Yeah, yeah. But uh. But yeah, I was trying to think of anything else that happened. Oh, Rollins came out and was like, you need a shield in your corner, which I was like, that's fucking smart. Invoke that era. That's that's fucking clever. Um, Just makes me think he's going to turn on him. It might happen. That might 100% happen. But I just don't see them turning Rollins to a heel right now. I just don't see it. Mainly because, you know, you got, you got fucking uh, Drew McIntyre right there. So, personal opinion. But that depends, I guess, night one, night two, whatever. I don't know. I just don't see him. I don't, I don't see it, but. We'll see how it shakes out in sure. the coming weeks. I mean, there's another, well, as of Monday, it was like 54 days. So, there's another 52 days. So, we're looking at seven weeks of programming between now and then. Yeah. So every Monday and every Wednesday, and then who knows, they'll probably do a little bit of promotion on the occasional NXT episode too. But yeah, we're looking at 14 or 15 more episodes of TV before the, before the premium live event, before Mania itself. 
Yeah. Well, we also got Elimination Shiver coming up, and that's, I, I think they're going to do something hey, yeah. there. I almost forgot about that. That's a week, <sighs> week from Saturday. It starts at 4.30 in the morning my time. Dude. Which means I usually get up around 5, 5.30 in the morning, so... I honestly might I just try to. Problem. I, I might try to go to bed. Sorry, I'm just trying to. I was talking about what I was going to do because I'm just going to try to go. I know to bed that's what I was me. trying to do. No, me first. You were mid yawn. Was not. Was not yawning. Oh. So anyway, carry on. Yeah, I just. I, that was it. That was it. So I'm, I think I'm going to go to bed early Friday and try to get at least like five to six hours before Elimination Chamber and then wake up and watch it and and then get some more sleep. Probably make sure I grab like or buy a fucking couple sodas or something. Gotcha, gotcha. A little bit of caffeine. But yeah, it was Monday night. It was like they were like, it starts off at 4.30 uh, on Eastern time. I'm like, oh, pardon me? But I kind of forgot about it because last year I watched Elimination Chamber um, at one thirty in the morning. Didn't put fucking two and two together at all. I just kind of was like, yeah, I'll stay up late and watch this. Technically, we could also just, you know, wait until the morning and then watch it. And But nah, it's more fun to fucking ruin our sleep schedule. You know what I'm saying? Well, I usually get up at around 5 anyway 5.30 at the latest usually so it shouldn't be a problem since our cats are usually trying to wake us up to be fed at 4.30 in the morning anyway (laughs) yeah so it shouldn't be a problem for me to get up you know go to bed about 10.30 11 o'clock instead of my typical midnight and get up a little bit earlier I'll be fine never up a fucking 4.30 in the morning for anything. Well, there's coffee to be drunk. I don't disagree. Jeff bought that fucking uh, death death wish coffee, which has like extra caffeine in it. It's okay. I mean, with fucking creamer, it's great. Um, Anywho, we should move on to our next topic since we're done with Rosslyn for the moment. Uh, Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, your team choked again. Uh, no, the fuck that I will punch you. I they did not choke. Oh, okay. They they weren't winning by ten at halftime against Kansas City and lost the game. So, anyways, we're gonna talk about Halo. Um. Nothing. Uh, it's, it's, that's the third Super Bowl that they've made in the past ten years, and third one they've lost. First off, and, first off, let's 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 be honest here. So in twenty twenty, it was a completely fucking different team. It was a completely different team than this one. Same and, coach. <clears throat> sure, it's the same coach in twenty thirteen too. But it's not the coach that was the problem in those other two games. It was there were so many more factors into it that made it a problem. But this one, in this game, we're going against arguably the best quarterback of this era. Possibly fucking ever. He keeps it up, and he definitely will be. Right. Um, And 
our fucking quarterback, our team kept up with them to make it overtime. The problem that we had, the biggest fucking problem that we had is that when um, it came to uh, um, overtime, uh, Shanahan and the other fucking uh, coaches did not quite fully understand the rules of overtime. So when we we should have gone for it, should have gone for a touchdown. That that field that field goals will fucked us. I mean, also the the field goal, the blocked field goal also fucked us. But that's besides the point. No, I agree. They should have gone for a touchdown. But regardless, you know, I don't see how it wasn't clear to them. I don't. I mean, I'll have to look further into it. But that's what I was reading. That's one hundred percent what I was reading. Was that they? I mean, they, it's like the whole playoff thing that came about after the bills lost to the fucking chiefs a couple of years ago, because the bills never even got the ball because Kansas city scored a touchdown on the first drive. Um, now they've changed it to where each team gets a guaranteed possession. If the score is tied after those possessions, the first one to score wins. Right. And that's still the normal, like, from what I understand, it's still normal in, like, the regular season. But in the, <clears throat> sorry, in the Super Bowl, both teams get a chance for possession. Yeah. So. Yeah. But in the regular season, first one to score a touchdown wins. Again, that's, or, what, I, that's what I read was that they, they were confused on the rules of that. So I, I can't I can't speak on that myself because I'm you know not on the fucking team, but I mean I it, it, it sucks when you choke. I, I I'm a Raiders fan, as you're aware, and I've been watching them choke for twenty fucking years now. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I mean, when was the last time the Raiders made it to the Super Bowl? Genuine question. 2002. 2002. Yeah, 2002. So, uh, the 2002-2003 season, it was January of 2003. Um, yeah. And they lost horribly, like 45-28 to 28 or something like that. It sucks, dude. It's so bad. Like... It was heart-wrenching because I was watching them all season and they were doing great. I was pumped. Yeah, I mean, I've heard people talk about <clears throat> the Raiders. You know, this upcoming season will be a lot better, and so we'll see. <clears throat> I think it'll be fine. I mean, they might make it to the playoffs. That's good. That's a, that's a fucking step forward. They need a new quarterback. <laughs> well, the coach already came out and said that he's going to fucking go for a quarterback. Yeah, yeah, I read, I read that. I mean, I think you're correct on that. Aiden O'Connell definitely needs more time. But on the other hand, you know, I bring up, I bring up, you know, somebody like fucking Brock Purdy. 
who is in his second rookie year, made it to the fucking Super Bowl, was toe-to-toe and toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes. Like, I don't personally believe that being a rookie is necessarily um, – No, look at C.J. Stroud this year. Yeah. <clears throat> O'Connell's just not a good quarterback. He's a mediocre quarterback. Do you really believe that? I do believe that. 100%. He's just mediocre. He's just a step up from Garoppolo. Mm. All right. Fair enough. Garoppolo had seven touchdowns and 12 interceptions, and O'Connell had like 12 touchdowns and seven or nine interceptions. So, I mean... Yeah, he was a little bit better, but he played in a couple more games than Garoppolo did. Garoppolo played in, what, seven games? O'Connell played in ten, so their numbers were pretty comparable if you break them down statistically. He wasn't much of a step up, and we know Garoppolo wasn't a great quarterback. He was mediocre at best. I mean, I fucking, yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Well, uh, the season's over, but um, what I did want to bring up, the reason, the other thing I wanted to bring up when it came to the Super Bowl was uh, um, the commercials. Because... There were a couple of fun ones. I, dude, it was... I disagree. I think they were fine because they were, like, highly inoffensive. Like, and I, I mean that in the regards of, like, none of the commercials that I saw were like, oh, boy, oh. It was just kind of like, okay. But it was like well, every fucking commercial spent more money on making it than the actual like purchasing it to be in the fucking Super Bowl. Um, I did like the one with Aubrey Plaza. Um, you know where she's. Uh, I've seen subsequent airings of it, but when she was being abducted by the UFO, she's like, "Just probe me." Well, just because you want to probe her doesn't mean that it's a good commercial. Well, yeah. Who doesn't? I'm not saying I don't. I'm just saying it doesn't make a good commercial. I didn't say it was good. I just said it was amusing. <laughs> it just did. It was, it was like... There's a guy... I have this video. I'm going to play it real quick. But this guy on TikTok made a great joke in regarding the commercials this year. So give me one second. Super the best Bowl one ads. was the Deadpool. Here's a summary trailer. of the Super Bowl ads. Stop. There we go. Yeah, the Deadpool, Deadpool Wolverine trailer was fucking great. I mean, I, I, I want to see Wicked. I want to see Wicked. Uh, I like the idea of it. I just, you know, it was always a stage place. So I never saw it. But I didn't know it was a thing. Oh yeah, it's been a stage play musical for fucking goddamn so long. So fucking long. I remember goddamn 15 years ago going into Andy's house and like seeing Wicked posters on the wall because Megan was really into it. Yeah, so it's been a thing for a hot minute. Um, Anyway, this guy's, this guy's like point that I want to make regarding the commercials, so. Here's a summary of the Super Bowl ads for you that no one asked for. Hi, I'm Christopher Walken. 
Buy BMW. Hi, I'm Aubrey Plaza. Buy Mountain Dew. Temu. Hi, I'm Tom Brady. Spend what little money you have betting. Hi, I'm Martin Scorsese. Buy Squarespace. Hi, buy Kia if you want to get fucked over. Hi, I'm Addison Ray. Buy Nerds and Steel Dances. Hi, I'm Ben Affleck. Buy Dunkin' Donuts. Temu. Hey, you remember those E-Trade babies from when we were kids? That was cute. <laughs> Babies thinking of retirement. That's how that's how young you gotta start thinking about this shit. Hi, I'm Jenna Ortega. Buy Doritos. Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> or buy apartments. We're Budweiser. We hate gay people. Temu. Look at the beautiful history of Volkswagen. No, don't go back to World War II. I mean, he's not wrong. There's a summary no. of the ship. Okay, shut up now. Thank you. It, it's funny. I saw a post that says, uh, and I'm sorry. I mean, they can spend all the money they want to try to convince us that to to pronounce it the other way, you know. But it's fucking Timu. Everybody knows it's Timu. I've never pronounced it as Timu. It's always been Temu. Not it's one time Timu around here. Everybody's always pronounced it Timu. Mm. I think this says more about the Appalachian, Appalachian area than it does. Well, well, well it, it's the thing. It, 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 it's a funny thing, you know. Uh, somebody, somebody made a post that said, y'all spent so much money on fucking Timu, they got two goddamn Super Bowl spots. They had three. <laughs> they had three. They had, they had three. I know. That was, that was what was funny about it. I was like, technically, they did have three. Dude. It, but, uh. I have no interest in ever using one. a service like that because I there's nothing I ever want from those companies. I'm like, uh, I'll, I'll fucking. I've got some good shit from them actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just don't trust it. I don't know. It's sketchy to me. It's sketchy. I mean. More, higher quality than Wish. I mean, I also don't use Wish, so there's that. <laughs> no, no, but I'm saying, you know, I've used it, and I mean, it's not bad. I get you. But... Of course, it's a gamble, but I've won free shit on there. And, hey, free is awesome. Um, The one commercial... <laughs> That was making me laugh was like, hey, did you know that Jesus is really in defeat? Like, like I'm talking Quentin Tarantino style. Like, he's really in defeat. Man, that was a fucked up thing because, you know, they spent like however many million dollars to pay for that Super Bowl spot. There was another fucking. <laughs> they they could have just fed so many fucking homeless people and housed so many homeless people with that instead of making a fucking commercial. A hundred percent. Like there was a there was a TikTok that was like, you know what Jesus wouldn't have done? Spent twenty eight million on a commercial. Yeah. I don't think you get Jesus. <laughs> no, it's the the he gets us campaign. Yeah. It, it really pissed me off to use that fucking awesome Tears for Fear song in that. Because I started singing along because that's my favorite Tears for Fear song. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. I wasn't paying that close attention because I was uh, preoccupied with making drinks. Oh. 
Yeah, I was getting a little tipsy. A little tipsy. But the other the other commercial that uh, I want to make fun of, which I had in my head. Oh, two not, seconds not, not tears. I said tears for fears, and it was totally in excess. I'm sorry. Mm, big fan of in excess, are we? Actually, that song. <laughs> but I was thinking the Donnie Darko soundtrack because they oh, use that on yes, Donnie yes, Darko. Yes. yes. But they used NXS as Never Tear Us Apart, but they also used uh, Tears for Fears. Uh, fucking which song was it? Um, what was the other fucking commercial that I wanted to bring up? That was, was it the Killing Moon. No, that was Echo and the Bunny Man, wasn't it? Oh my god, I had it in my head before we started about the Jesus one. Oh, the fucking the Robert Kennedy one, or not Robert Kennedy? Yeah, it was Robert Kennedy. Like that ad was so. I like I watched. It, I was like, what in the fuck am I watching right now? Because I even texted you, I was like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> okay, yeah, it was Tears for Fears' Mad World covered by Gary Jules. That's why I was getting Tears for Fears, Tears for Fears and NXS mixed up. Oh, you were talking about that's, this, that was the song they used in, the, in that commercial? Uh, they didn't use Mad World. They used uh, uh, Never Tear Us Apart. Oh. I was like, I was like, I don't remember hearing because I love that song by Gary Jules. Is originally about Tears for Fears, actually. right? Right, I know that. But the, yeah, the Gary Jules cover is fucking wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that's what you were saying. They used. I was like, I ought to fucking, I ought to memorize that shit quickly. But, uh, um, but yeah, the other commercial was the Robert Kennedy campaign ad. Commercial. Yeah, that one was horrible. Because I, like, I, there was a long pause in the living room, because Jeff's sitting to my left, Dad is sitting to my right, and there's this long pause. All of us are watching it. We're just like, we're all watching the same thing right now, right? And it ends, and I go, "What the fuck was that?" And Jeff just goes, "Well, that was Robert. That was JFK's like ad back in the day." I was like, "I know that was JFK's ad, Jeff. My question is, is why did we have to see that ad?" Like, they spent so much money on that ad. Like, fucking wild. And then, like, like he he had to come out and apologize to the, to the Kennedy family who did not approve of that in any way, shape, or form. And that it wasn't him. It was the super PAC he belongs to. And I'm like, oh, my God. Y'all want this guy running your country? Yikes. I don't even want either one of the fucking two that are running, running it. I agree. I'm sorry. They're goddamn old. I wholeheartedly fucking agree. I just... It was so weird and out of place. But... But yeah, Super Bowl was a thing. It was mediocre commercials. Backed by weird commercials. Jesus has a foot fetish. I actually asked my dad because my dad was going to be like... He was like training to be a pastor at some point in his life. So he knows that he knows the Bible very well. And I was like, I've read parts of the Bible. I don't ever remember Jesus being a fucking foot fetish. 
And foot washing is a big thing here in the South. So he, he kind of explained it. He explained like what it was. And like people have been arguing about whether Jesus washed feet or told people to wash feet. And it's like, it depends on what version of the Bible you're talking about. In the standard Kings James version, which a lot of people read, it's like kind of changed and that Jesus only washed the feet of the disciples. Whereas other older versions of the Bible, Jesus washed feet of the feet of the poor. Because in in the Middle East, it's a very big thing to to wash feet. It's a very big thing to wash feet. It's like a it's a sign of respect. It's a sign of of uh, um. I had to do research on it because I was actually genuinely curious. Uh, it's a sign of um. What do you call that? Like clean feet are important. Is my point. Status, especially, right? Especially, especially when you're diabetic. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. But did you ever see that movie uh, with Shia LaBeouf and um, it's called Lawless? Tom Hardy, Jason Clark. I know what movie you're talking about, but no, I never watched it. Oh, okay. Well, it's it's set around here, uh, just a couple hours northeast of here in southwestern Virginia, uh, in a county that borders West Virginia, uh, <clears throat> and they're the Bondurant brothers and they're moonshiners. Anyway, there's this one scene where Shia LaBeouf, he, his character, Jack Bondurant, he's, you know, like really wanting to go out with this one girl and he follows her to her church and they're washing feet in there and he just, you know, he's sitting down and somebody's coming up to wash his feet and he just gets grossed out by it and just runs out and puking. <laughs> I mean, I'm well, like, it's also really hot in there, and he's drunk. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But, yeah, just seeing all those feet. Uh, it's a good movie, though. Um, yeah, I've never seen it, but... Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a weird commercial. It was a weird commercial. No, I agree. Um, oh, boy. Okay, well, let's go ahead and move on to Halo. Because we are yeah. at an hour of this We're podcast. So. I know, I know. God damn it. Uh, Halo Season 2. We've got two episodes so far. The first one was called Sanctuary, and the second one was called Sword. I'm going to give a rundown of each one, and then we'll talk about it right fast. Eight. So in Sanctuary, following, uh, following the events of the raid at the End of last season, John and Cortana are surgically separated, which essentially saves his life. Then we progress six months later. We see Silver Team have been sent on a mission to evacuate residents of the Planet Sanctuary from the Covenant, though the residents are resistant until Covenant begins until the Covenant begins gassing the planet. John rescues a Marine named Talia Perez as the rest of her squadron is killed by elites as Silver Team narrowly escapes the planet with a handful of survivors. Back on Reach, Silver Team meets Oni Operative. Back on Reach? Are they on Reach? Not yet. 
No, that's, that's, I was going to say, they're not on Reach. The episode that comes out tomorrow, they're going to go to Reach. They're going to be on Reach. Yeah, and episode four is actually titled Reach, too. Yep. Um, but anyway, back at uh, their headquarters, they meet uh, the O&I operative James Ackerson, who is Dr. Halsey's replacement in overseeing the Spartan program. Ackerson, Ackerson questions Master Chief about his experience on Sanctuary, expressing interest in Halsey's prior experiments on him, in addition to concern over lingering side effects from having Cortana implanted in his brain. Uh, when Ackerson seemingly dismisses John's concerns of the Covenant's changing strategies, he secretly meets with former Admiral Parangoski, who had been discharged from Oni after taking the fall from Halsey's scandals. Meanwhile, Soren takes interest in an indentured servant who claims to have seen Dr. Halsey. Ignoring his wife Lara's concerns, Soren purchases the, severance, uh, the servant's services in hopes of capturing Halsey, but instead is led into a trap and arrested for piracy and treason as his crew abandons him. Now, in episode two, Sword, uh, we see Quan Ha, the girl from the first season, who's taken refuge on the rubble since Madrigal was also glassed by the Covenant, escaping the grasp of several slavers as she secretly meets with Soren's son, Kessler. Lara confronts Swarn's crew, berating them for leaving him behind and vows to find him. Meanwhile, his Cobalt team, another fire team of Spartans, is sent on a mission in Silver Team's stead due to Ackerson's reluctance to trust the latter. Master Chief reveals to Kai that he saw McKee on Sanctuary and pushes his teammates to train harder, anticipating that the Covenant is training for a larger-scale invasion. This puts strain on Riz, who is recovering from injuries suffered in the, uh, in the raid in the last season. Was that Ross... How do you say that? Ross Kotska? Sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, Agerson reveals that Perez did not cooperate... Master Chief's testimony of what happened on Sanctuary, so he confronts Perez, who expresses survivor guilt and admits to not telling Ackerson the full truth, to which John also confides to her. Ackerson, who is holding Halsey captive in a simulated room, uses Cortana to help deduce an impending threat. When Cobalt Team fails to return from their mission, John tracks down recent Spartan missions and deduces that Cobalt never left Reach. Gather Silver Team to rescue them as he realizes the Covenant are also on Reach. Elsewhere on the planet, a squadron of elites accompanied by McKee takes out a squad of UNSC Marines before encountering the larger Keystone. And that's how episode two ended. So, really interesting, fun stuff going on. Yeah, I uh, one of the biggest things about this show to me, and I, I know I talked about it last time we talked about the show, but if we have any new viewers, I'm a big Halo fan. I've played every single Halo game that's come out. I've beaten it. Um, to be honest with you, 4, 5, and Infinite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a reason behind that. I'm not just making shit up. But um, uh, my biggest problem with the show is that a lot of people don't have the knowledge that I have or don't want to accept the knowledge I have. So all they've done is play the games. And when it comes to the games, this show doesn't even take place in the games. We'll get there. I, I'm sure of it. We'll get there. But it's it's uh, it's a completely different, like, there are 20-something books 
and a lot of these a lot of these episodes read like or will show like the books do. I don't think we've gotten a book on what this show is like based off of. But um because obviously the show takes place before Reach. And there's a lot that happens before Reach. So I just I get tired of people being like uh, Master never took off his helmet, except for the fucking multiple times that he did in like the first though. Because just because you haven't seen his face, because you haven't seen his face in the game, doesn't mean he doesn't take off his fucking helmet. There are multiple books where he takes off his helmet, and another character describes what his face looks like. He takes off his helmet like three times in the games. The camera's just positioned to where you can't see his fucking head. What do you mean he doesn't take off his helmet? He takes it off frequently. God damn it. <laughs> anyway, shows I, I'm really enjoying it. I'm, I'm looking forward to next week's episode, or tomorrow's episode. Yeah, yeah, same. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, you know, I'm like... How is McKee still alive? Because we could have sworn that she got killed at the end of season one. But there she is. Which I'm fucking all for. Yeah. I know that they kind of changed up how they were going to tell the story of this show because one of the biggest complaints of season one, and I'm not necessarily against it, was... uh, um. Not enough action. I will give people this, because the games, the animation that they've done, the other show, all the media that has existed of Halo has a lot of action. And it felt like for season one, there wasn't enough. And so I know that they're going to be adding more action for this season, and I think that's what we're going to see some of in this next episode. Yeah. But yeah, like... I enjoy the, the the political aspect of the whole thing because one of the more entertaining things regarding Halo is the UNSC and Oni and how much control they have over, like, everybody, the humans. Um, they are only the good guy in context that the Covenant wants to erase humans. <laughs> that's the only reason. And there's still another fucking aspect to the show that's coming. Like, I, I, I feel like they're hinting at it this season. I can't say anything yet. Oh, cause you, you I've never played any of the games, so. You've never owned an Xbox, so there's that. Nope. Never owned an Xbox. I mean, they, these things are in epi- are, are the first game. They're in the first game. They're about ha- they introduced about halfway through. There's also a lot of history regarding the giant ring world itself. The reason that the thing is called Halo. Like there's so much more. There's so much more that we're going to get to. And I'm just excited to see what they bring into the season regarding that. I know it's not going to be identical to like the story that already exists. They've made that abundantly clear in other like interviews and shit that this show is an adaptation. It is their adaptation of everything that the books and the comics and the games and the animations and the, the one live action show were doing. 
And I'm like, that's fine. I've experienced all of that. I don't need to experience it again. Yeah, really? So, but I know they're bringing a lot of it in. Like, the guy that took over for Halsey at the UNSC slash Tony. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. He's, he's in the fucking games. As a matter oh, of fact, yeah. oh yeah, like he's the he's the leader of the UNSC in the first game. Um, yeah. So, and he's a complete piece of shit, as you have seen. He's also, I think, he either initiates, I think he starts the Spartan 3 program. I don't know if they'll do that for the show. I hope they do. Because that's another thing to this show that needs to be kind of explored a little bit is like, and I think I've told you a little bit about it, but the very first book that ever came out was explaining like the Spartan 2 program as uh, in full. And like how it's like, it was, you know, kids from training and training like Spartans, but, you know, also with futuristic modifications to their bodies to wear fucking 400, 500 pound armor. Because I don't know how to tell you this, but that Molnir armor that they, that the Spartans wear is fucking heavy. Apparently. But, oh man. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to to what comes next. I I don't know if it's more of a curiosity thing on on why I'm so excited or if it's like if I'm actually enjoying. I mean, I'm enjoying it. I'm not I'm not hating it by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, it's it's one of those things where you've experienced so much of the original content. It's like you know, watching the adaptation of Wheel of Time if you've read all 26 books. Why would anybody want to watch that? I don't know. People that are that read all twenty six books. It was the only thing that came they, to mind that changed. has a shit ton of fucking content prior to the adaptation. They changed so much from the books, from what I was told. That's and my point. Not for the better. Ah, uh, well, I see. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know either because I gave it three episodes and it was crap. I didn't like it either. I was very, very bored watching it. It was like they they threw you into this world with all this fucking information, or without without the information. And you're like, "What do I do with this?" And they're like, "Whatever you want, fucker." Um. But yeah. Uh, oh shit! Sorry, we gotta we gotta wrap this puppy up here in a minute. Um, I'm gonna give episode one and two of Halo season two a solid A minus. I don't think it's anything mind blowing or or great. Like it's it's it serves what it needs to do. It's entertaining, but at the end of the day, it is a it's a um, it's an adaptation. So you know, can't complain. But also, I uh, I'm not going to um I'm definitely not going to do the compare and contrast unless it's an interesting compare and contraction contrast. Like again, this story doesn't exist that I know of in the previous content. Like I've never seen this part, whether it be in a book or otherwise. So I think people I need you. I think people need to understand that too. Fans of the, of the, of the original content need to understand that this, this story is like, if they decide to go really close to the games, like season three will be fucking basically the games. 
basically the first game. I'm assuming. I could be wrong, but. But anyway, um, what grade did you give it? I give them an A. You know, not having any uh, real knowledge, prior knowledge of the games other than, you know, I know they're Spartans. I know Master Chief is like the greatest hero. And I know that he has definitely uh, called Cortana. Definitely wouldn't say that. Okay. That's <laughs> been my interpretation. He's just the main character. So that's all I'm going to say that. There's that's um, just been in, the way it comes across as it's been presented. That's fine. I was going to say in Halo, um, Halo Reach, the game. Uh, you play on a team of five Spartans, four Spartan threes. You're, you play as a Spartan three and one Spartan two named Jorge and, uh, or George, I think they like to call him George too, but it's, it's the Spanish spelling of it. And, um, uh, he, uh, he has a completely different outlook than the other Spartans. So, um, why did I bring that up? There was a point that I was getting at. Because I said that Master Chief was their greatest hero. Oh. Uh, yeah, that's... Um, Jorge is, is stronger. George is stronger by a fucking country mile than Master Chief. He does more, in my opinion, than Master Chief. Um, he's just our main character. There's actually Halsey has a reason why she finds him more special than the other Spartans, but I'm gonna let the show tell you that. Okay, sorry, I just I fucking love Halo so much. Well, that's awesome. But yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm really enjoying it, so I give it an A. Not having any knowledge of the games. Um, that's you know. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing. There's there's stuff for people that enjoy the games, and there's stuff for complete newcomers. Um, everybody has something they can enjoy, and that's what makes it fun. Exactly. I yeah. I I think I think if you go into the show without any prior knowledge, you're going to really enjoy it. And I think if you go into the show with prior knowledge, but the context that you know, like I do, with it being an adaptation, you're going to enjoy it. I think people put too much context on certain things and it just ruins things for them. But, you know, whatever. It is what it is. Leave your expectations at the door and enjoy the fucking ride. Cody Crybabies. Uh, uh, but, yeah, so uh, let me get my notes out because, guys, we're going to finish that here. Um, there we go. Got it. So next week for us, guys, uh, I think – I don't know if Maya feels this way. I'm going to – I'm just going to lay it out there. I think we're going to be done talking about wrestling on this show. Um, mainly because we're going to start our own podcast and we want to, uh, we both want to do this soon. So there's that. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, next week, we're just, all I have on my list here is Halo Season 2, Episode 3. Um, I know the following week we're going to be talking about uh, Avatar Last Airbender live action adaptation on Netflix. Um, which I also have never seen the animated series, so should be interesting. I'm I, going in blind, so I hope you reconsider that after watching the show. Well, it just been it depends on my enjoyment of this. I hope not, because that cartoon is so good. No, I've always heard that. 
I just have never made time for it. It's, uh, we watched it, uh, oh my gosh, sorry. <laughs> I watched it when it was like airing on TV. Yeah. And, uh, um, there was a bunch of us watching it. I don't think it's, uh, any of us weren't like fully fucking enthralled. So, um, but anyway, yeah. So, but unfortunately, next week, I'll have some topics we can talk about. Maybe something, maybe more off the cuff. Um, you know, like, like we were trying to do with the topic situation, but, uh, but yeah, uh, guys, follow us on the Pepe. Follow us on all the social medias listed below. Uh, that's where you know when we put up new episodes. Um, if you want to support us directly, uh, check out our Teespring store. It has loads of cool merch that, uh, and spring is coming up so you can get yourself a, a t-shirt or something that fits the springtime. Um, but, uh, but yeah, go do that. And if you made it to this far of the podcast, use discount code AQU15 at checkout for 15% off your order. Uh, that's it for my notes. My, my, Jesus Christ. Maya, where can folks find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook under my name, Maya Dawn Fisher. It's a public profile, so give me a follow. Uh, shoot me a message. We'll talk nerdy, cool shit. Just don't be a creep. What about you, Greg? Where can uh, people find you? Uh, Chub Rock Geek on all social medias. Every single one of them. If you have it, I'm there as Chub Rock Geek. Uh, I haven't been posting much in general because I've just been so fucking busy with my parents. Like I, had, there's an, There was an appointment this morning, appointment tomorrow morning, an appointment Friday morning. And then there's one Monday morning. And then there's one Wednesday after that. Huh. Uh-huh. It's, uh, what it is is that we went from California to Texas my parent, both my parents have so many fucking ailments, and we had to completely because the, the the hospital that we that they would go to, which is Kaiser in California, Kaiser does not exist in Texas. So yeah, so they have to reestablish uh, multiple specialists, et cetera. Correct. And you're getting a lot of first visits and evaluations. Correct. So they can have their medical history established. Yep. It's, it's been a pain in the ass. Major to go pain through. In the ass. Major pain in the ass. Also, with my dad, you know, dialysis isn't helping because we've got to plan that in the day. So, like, it's like tomorrow morning at 11, we go see his pain doctor, um, come home, call a couple numbers to help us out financially. Because, like, he got switched from his uh, heart medication, his uh, blood pressure medication, which was Warfarin. He got switched mm-hmm. to Eliquis, which I'm sure you've seen Eliquis on the commercials on TV. Um, and there's a whole like scientific reason why they didn't want him on the other medication, but that's neither here for there, um, here or there. Uh, that is $135 for three months worth of pills. We need to fix that immediately, so we're not having to pay that every three months. Yeah, but so and then we got let's just we've got to do all that and then do dialysis. So I have a busy fucking day ahead of me tomorrow. The good thing about dialysis is I can. I could kind of play or watch whatever I want while he's on dialysis. Yeah. So that's the positive angle, but whatever. Um, anyway, guys, uh, also getting me paid. That's the other reason we got to call tomorrow. So yes, we get that going. Um, but yeah, guys, that's, uh, that's it. Remember, uh, watch halo. Join us next week. We're going to have a discussion. If there's something that you want us to talk about, let us know, go to our social medias, uh, hit us up personally, let us know if there's something in the news you want us to touch on, you want to hear our opinion on, and we'll 
we'll add it to the discussion list. Um, could be fun. But uh, guys, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Take care, everybody.